Thank you, Katie, and thank you again, Nancy, for blessing us today. For a few moments, I want to speak from the topic, A Second Look. This particular text that is found in James chapter 2, not 7, verses 1 through 10 and verses 14 through 17 is a text that as a 21st century church, we need to take the time to visit. Because I would suggest to you that this particular text reminds us that as the body of Jesus Christ, known as Evangel Heights United Methodist Church, we cannot always assume that we're doing everything according to the person and teachings of Jesus Christ. The writer of this sermon, which is viewed as a letter to uh, this church, has taken a second look at this church, and what this writer has discovered is that this congregation, this community of faith, is practicing favoritism or distinction. I have a question for you today. Where or when have you seen favoritism or distinction practiced here at Evangel Heights United Methodist Church? Let us pray. Loving and gracious Lord, our God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart be pleasing to you, for truly you are our source of strength. You are our Redeemer. Amen. Yes, the congregation who is the recipient of this letter that is penned in the book of James had lost sight of who they were and who they were called to be. Could it be that they had brought into the body of Christ the attitude of the larger society? Had they brought into the body of Christ a culture from society? The author of James sees that this favoritism or distinction is detrimental to the body of Christ. For you see, their attitude did not reflect the person nor the teachings of Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 25, verses 35 and 36, Jesus helps us to understand what his position is regarding the poor. When you go home today, look it up. He says, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Yes, the writer of this sermon is concerned about the fact that in his midst, he is seeing favoritism or distinction which then means that those who were looking in from the outside would be getting a distorted view of this Jesus Christ. So what does he do? He calls out the behavior. He holds the people accountable for their actions, their words, their attitudes that he had witnessed. What had he witnessed? Dr. John A. Powell of the Othering and Belonging Institute at the University of California, Berkeley campus, would acknowledge that what this writer of the book of James witnessed was a case of what Dr. Powell refers to as othering. 
Othering is defined as a set of dynamics, processes, and structure that engender marginality and persistent inequality across any of the full range of human differences based on group identities. Dimensions of othering include, but are not limited to, religion and sex, race, ethnicity, socioeconomic status, class, disability, sexual orientation, and skin tone. In other words, what the writer of James witnessed was the living out of processes, dynamics, a structure that was in place that categorized people, in this case, according to their socioeconomic status. This letter reminds me, a sermon which is, a, which is uh, viewed as a letter, reminds me of how important it is, beloved, to not only come to church and to hear the word of God, to not only read the word of God, not only to study the word of God at church and at home, it is imperative that we allow the Holy Spirit to take the word of God and apply it to our hearts and minds in such a way that we become transformed into the sons and daughters of God. Unless there is a transformation, we will be accused of only gathering information for the sake of what I would call, well, I can't say that here because you would not like it. Okay, I'll say it anyway. Spiritual peacocks strutting around, saying we know so much, but yet we do not see the evidence of God's word being able to transform our lives, our words, our attitudes, our behaviors, so that we become more like Jesus Christ. Yes, I will say it again. There distinction or discrimination or favoritism skewed the understanding of who Jesus Christ is and who the church of Jesus Christ is called to be. Their, their distinction and favoritism and discrimination towards the poor did not reflect Jesus Christ's attitude towards the poor, nor the prophets of the Old Testament's attitude towards the poor. So one can ask the question, Pastor Michelle, what must we do in the 21st century to make sure that we do not fall into the same trappings as this church of the first century, this church that practiced favoritism, this church that practiced distinction, this church that practiced discrimination? I'm so glad you asked. We're to look to Jesus Christ and to his teachings. And we are to have Jesus Christ be the Lord and master of every area of our lives. Somebody is saying, oh, but that's too simple. And I will say to you, we are, look to Jesus, we are to look to Jesus Christ as our Lord and master, making sure that he is the master and Lord of every area of our lives. And as a community of faith, we are to model this attitude and behavior of Jesus Christ so that when others see us, as Karen pointed out in her prayer and in the scriptures today, they will not see us, but they will see Jesus Christ because that's what this journey is all about. Our growing up and becoming disciples, becoming more and more like Jesus Christ, comma, so that when others see us, 
they will want to know about this Jesus Christ who causes you to act a certain way, who causes you to behave a certain way, who causes you to speak a certain way. I'm going to say it again. Their behavior, their favoritism, their discrimination did not reflect the person or teachings of Jesus Christ. They did not reflect a truth that Jesus Christ's death and resurrection proclaimed and continues to proclaim, as Carol reminded us today, and that is this, everyone is equal in God's sight. Repeat that after me. Everyone is equal in God's sight, and therefore, everyone belongs. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, uh-oh, that means you'll have to turn your head. You'll have to open your mouth. Repeat after me. Neighbor, you belong. Neighbor, everyone belongs. You were saying it silently, but I couldn't hear it. Thank you. John Powell, again, along with Stephen Menendian, in an article titled The Problem of Othering, towards inclusiveness and belonging state, and I quote, we believe that the only viable solution to the problem of othering is one involving inclusion and belongingness. Belongingness entails an unwavering commitment to not simply tolerating and respecting difference, but to ensuring that all people are welcome and feel that they belong in the society. Now, he's speaking from a societal perspective, and I would suggest to you from a church perspective, that is what we long for and desire and expect and will accomplish, and that is no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, no matter what orientation you have, we welcome you because you belong. We're not going to simply tolerate you. No. We're going to welcome you because you belong. And within the body of Jesus Christ, everyone belongs. Say it again. Within the body of Jesus Christ, everyone belongs. It does not matter who you are. I have to repeat it. It does not matter how you describe yourself. I must repeat it. All belong to the Christian community. And that's established by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, body of believers, welcomes everyone. Evangel Heights United Methodist Church, where be, may we be known as the community of faith that reflects this truth not only within the four walls of this building, but even as we go out into our respective mission fields, be they at our workplace, be it in our homes, be it at school, young people, may others who know us and see us understand by our words, our actions, our attitudes, that they belong because they're made in the image of God. Well, 
We belong to Jesus Christ. We belong to one another. And I will tell you that this is not a closed community, Evangel Heights United Methodist Church. You see, new people will be coming through our doors. They may not look like us. They, they may not even sound like us. But this is a place where they will know that they belong. No matter the age, babies, children, youth, young adults, adults, seasoned saints, no matter the economic status, no matter the social standing, no matter the race, the gender, the intellectual limitation, and again, no matter the sexual orientation, they belong because this is the church of Jesus Christ. This is the body of Jesus Christ. Within the body of Jesus Christ, we belong, and we need one another. I need you, and you need me. Let me be more specific. I need you in order for me to be my best self. And you need me in order for you to be your best self. I, I need you to survive. And you need me to survive. And if you don't believe it, think back to the pandemic when we were closed down and you could barely stand it because you could not come to church. In order for me to be my best self, in order for Pastor Michelle to be the woman of God who God has created, I need you. And in order for you to be the people, individually and collectively, who God is calling you to be, you need me. We need one another. And we will need those individuals who will come through our doors who will help us to continue to be our best selves through Jesus Christ. And here's the good news. Here's the good news. Belonging is not the end. Belonging is needed in order for us to carry out the work of the body of Jesus Christ that we're called to do, and that is what? To make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world and to fulfill our commitment, which is to care for those who Jesus Christ cares about. Yes. When I look at you, hmm, I see someone who's made in God's image. When you look at me, you see someone who's made in God's image. When you leave this sanctuary, no matter where you go, to a restaurant, to the mall, to the park, you will run into people who are made in God's image. Yeah, I, I, I've come to this conclusion, and that's why I have to be careful about, about thinking that I don't have to engage with certain people. No, I must engage with all people who God sends into my life. Because through that engagement, I will better discover who God is calling me to be. So, yes, 
belonging. She was a young adult, and uh, her childhood was interesting. But one day, she stepped into a local congregation. And that's where she experienced love and acceptance and a sense of belonging. Evangel Heights United Methodist Church never underestimate your power to help another to belong. Let us pray. Loving and gracious Lord, on this Labor Day Sunday, I give you thanks <laughs> for laboring with us. As followers of Jesus Christ, as a community of faith, as we strive to be who you're calling us to be, based on the person and teachings of Jesus Christ, continue to do the work within us that we may be the vessel through which others will understand that they belong. They belong to you. They belong to this Christian community. And I give you thanks in the name of the one who continues to whisper in our ears, you belong. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, amen.